0: everybody. Welcome. It is Monday night, uh, just after seven o'clock. As always, this is The Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Yours truly, Johnny Torres, hosting as always. We've got uh, my uh, favorite of co-hosts, uh, Neville David Cabrera, joining us on the show today, and a very special guest, which I will introduce in just a moment. Uh, let's go ahead and bring up the topics. Um, our first topic, and I'm kind of read this off memory because uh, I normally have these in front of me, but uh, we're going to actually talk about the uh, gubernatorial race, Dems crowding, the governor's primary. Uh, We're also going to talk about building Tampa Bay. And uh, our guest ties perfectly into that. Also, the culture, the cancel culture war that is uh, currently happening, has been happening for some time. But of course, uh, a recent spike in cancel activities, uh, thanks to the one and only uh, Dave Chappelle. And we'll kind of talk about how that cancel culture has also affected us here locally. Um, And then our our top story, uh, and you're gonna have to help me with this because I don't have it in front of me. The Oh, that's right. So CNN destroying journalism. We're going to open up with that because, hey, why uh, you know why ease into the show? <laughs> let's start off hot and heavy. Uh, first, let's go over to the main table with uh, again uh, my co-host, uh, as always, the one and only Enable David Cabrera and uh, sitting next to him we uh are, i think we can consider you kind of a regular on the show now hey. and that would be a city councilman from the city of tampa oh, lewis vieira good this to be here guys you thank you so the, much you push applause oh there we go right. yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> is that better all right so uh, good to have you back my pleasure
1: jonathan always great to be here and you know always good to talk to my friends and uh and talk about the issues and You know, where we can agree, we agree. When we give each other hell, let's give each other hell. So there you go. Well, there's plenty (laughs) to talk
0: about um, because, you know, it's one of these things where people, I think, have always kind of not ignored, but they've kind of really uh, just not focused on city politics as much as they should um, because, you know, they say, oh, well, they're just passing leash laws and Mm -hmm. noise ordinances and things like that. But, you know, since the advent of COVID, since, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really been incredible to see. How much state and local politics has mattered, mm-hmm. um, and not only regarding COVID directly, yeah. um, but also everything that it's kind of spurned. In terms of you know we're, you know the big topics obviously uh, unemployment. Uh, you're also talking about the uh, ev- evictions mm-hmm. uh, and and crime and and affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know which you know we can kind of certainly dive into a little bit, um, but uh, then of course you know we kind of picked handpick some of these topics today because you know you've also are either directly involved or have mm-hmm. been directly affected by some of them and so we'll get into that tonight sure um uh, but uh you know since it has been a while since mm-hmm. you've joined us go ahead and give us a refresher on a little bit of your background and sure. also how long have you been on the city council now
1: well yeah uh, you know i got elected in december 6th uh, 9 2016 i won my first race by 65 votes Wow. Um, a, a lot of folks on city council, Councilman Metascalco won his, I think, by like 140 votes. Councilman Goods by about 100 votes. So a lot of these races are really close. Every yeah. single vote matters. Um, I've been on council for about four, four and a half years, stressed a lot of different issues in city council, disability issues important to me. I have an oldest brother who's uh, uh, mentally disabled. A lot of first responder stuff. This year, I've really stressed building a lot of fire stations. We got money for up to two new fire stations in my district this year, Great. working a lot with apprenticeships, uh, workforce training etc a lot of different issues that i've been on in city council and uh you know always seen myself as somebody that i take a stand where i'm at but i always want to be civil um, collaborative and a bridge builder more than anything.
0: Well, and you're one of the few people that uh, not only transparently acknowledges, but even embraces the fact that you've been on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. You know, you were raised very conservative. Sure. You were yeah. raised as a, you know, in a, a Republican. Republican family. Yeah. Uh, you uh, are, I believe, are, are even uh, dating uh, married married to a oh, Republican. Oh man, married oh. <laughs> married. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> Casado. So, yeah. And, so. and, and it's true, which is you know, I uh, were. We're, were cuban exiles cuban refugees yeah. and i tell people you don't get much more conservative than that right when i was about 16 years old i discovered american history and uh i i long story short i became a proud democrat and my father said what the hell happened to my cuban-american son yeah you know and, and it's kind of funny but yeah so i've always uh, been a kind of person where again I, I i certainly am a proud what i call kennedy obama biden democrat but i can gladly build bridges with people i think that's so important we're americans first we have to see the best in one another in spite of our differences
0: well and i've been in your office a couple times and and you know again you mm-hmm. you Truly embody that, which is why we always love having you on the show. I mean, you have presidents of, of, from a range of parties. Let's say sure. because of the historical, mm-hmm. you know, aspect to it. Uh, but but from both sides, you oh, know, yeah. that that you kind of look to, uh, you know, as mentors and guides, you mm-hmm. know, to your own political values. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's go ahead and jump in uh, to our first topic, um, because it's one of these things where I think initially, uh, when you know we first when when this first really. Okay, let me kind of backpedal a little bit. So, I think historically there's always been somewhat of uh, friction, of of a love hate relationship between politics and the media. Um, it's not really anything new, but I do think it's really come to a peak here within the last ten, 15, you know, fifteen years, um, and uh, and I'm and. and it, You know, I don't know that you could specifically pinpoint, you know, but, you know, you look at maybe like the Dan Rather incident, maybe being kind of the first chip, you know, to kind of chip away at that integrity, that that, uh, you know, that trust that we had in journalism. Um, And and then it just seems like now it's nobody's trying to hide their cards anymore i mean it's it's pretty much you know you know where cnn stands you know where msnbc stands you know where fox stands Mm -hmm. um of course if you want to throw OA in in there i mean you know right Newsmax, right um it seems like everyone at this point has kind of picked a side and, and doesn't really even hide behind it anymore um you know Politically speaking, I mean, you know, how troublesome do you see the fact that there is a tr- a lack of trust in, and when I say mainstream media, we're talking about the big players. Yes. Your your national networks, your global papers, the Times, mm-hmm. the Post, um, the LA Times, you know, that sort of thing. Although I don't think people look to the LA Times anymore, you know, mm-hmm. as, as an, uh, any kind of a relevant source. Um, but how do you see that affecting, you know, what you do Uh, uh, on the government side of the aisle. Sure,
1: you know, I've generally speaking with local media had a very good um, relationship. I always take the view that I take every call, every interview. Um, because people are just trying to do their job. Yeah. And if there's something that I feel is not going consistent with reality, I try to steer it there in a responsible way. You know, with regards to the national media, the way that I've always seen it is, especially in the last, you know, the 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 modern Republican conservative playbook has always been since the early 1970s, since Watergate post on, has been to talk about a, a media that's bought and sold from the liberal side to break down a lot of trust in some uh, uh, institutions like the media, etc. But... The difference between that and what we've seen in the last few years with things like the uh uh whatever former president trump used to call the media i forgot what it is the uh what was the famous uh whatever it was he would say is there's a difference between saying that hey listen both sides have got to get their point of view and then taking a presumptively distrustful view of the media, which is seeking to hold powerful people accountable like we've seen over the last few years. I think that that line has been tipped over a a lot, especially during the Trump presidency in a way that is very, very threatening to institutions that can hold the powerful accountable. If you look at for example, on the local level, local media isn't what it used to be. And there's so many issues where they can have more of a presence where you could have an elected official, I'm not saying that you do, but you could have elected officials doing something bad where the local media, because there's not enough folks out there shining lights, Yeah. Aren't going to be able to shine lights on the on the powerful or the aspiring powerful. So I think well, there's a big on, role in, there
0: in our most powerful cities. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at you know the decline of the Miami Herald. Sure, you know where again still revered you know in 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 journalism in many ways, um, but also. Um, you know, like most of the kind of mm-hmm. traditional media outlets are struggling financially to kind of find their way in this age of new media. Now, you know, the reason I bring this up is because we're seeing, uh, we, you know, just in the past week, mm-hmm. you know, we saw what came to a head, Sanjay Gupta going on Joe Rogan, Mm -hmm. you know, basically trying to clear the air because CNN was saying that he was taking horse to Wormer, which, you know, again, not factually accurate, but again, there's, there was about more than a dozen instances where that's how they framed what he was doing to recover himself uh, from having contracted COVID. Now you see Katie Couric Mm -hmm. coming out saying how she Specifically edited out a comment from Ruth Bader Ginsburg about how she felt about the professional uh, NFL players who were kneeling because of the anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and so uh, you know, as many are saying, well, I mean, if this is the kind of stuff that they're willing to lie about and, and hide from the public, well, mm-hmm. what else has been hidden? Sure. you know. And we talk about you know Epstein, right, and everything mm-hmm. that's kind of come out about him, and how many of the powerful figures in media also held back on stories about him because mm-hmm. of his ties to bill clinton bill gates um and even donald trump you know and and so it you know it's obviously created a rise it's created a demand Mm -hmm. for alternative you know media like this podcast Mm -hmm. and many others that are far more powerful you know but you know what i wonder is truly is is like i i don't see it slowing down or stopping Mm -hmm. at any time where there the, the distrust in the media is only going to grow
1: yeah. And, and if I may, you know, the, the term I was thinking of was enemies of the people. Uh, oh, I, sure. I,
0: I always think. The fake news media. is uh,
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say that issues like, for example, with Joe Rogan, who I'm not very familiar with, I always tell people, I say this in my legal cases, don't stretch a single into a home run, which is yeah. there may be an, uh, an inconsistency and discrepancy there, but I'm talking about the larger issues. Take a look at, for example, um, the 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 attempt to label issues for, related to, for example, January 6th and the revisionum that we've seen since that you know a a terrible shameful day of infamy and saying oh that's fake news that's fake news there's the same which is you're entitled to an opinion but not to your own facts sure and there does have to be um a a weariness of the idea that whenever of alternative facts you know what i mean yeah which is that people go okay, you're stating what happened on that day, that's fake news, that's alternative facts. And it seems to be that the person who screams the loudest wins over the public and we need more of a civil dialogue uh, where, where facts come out and right or right or wrong is wrong. No more moral relativism. Well,
2: yeah, I'll give you that point mm-hmm. that we need to expand conversation and really the, the, the debate back and forth, because what's happening now is that the far parts of both parties, are the only ones talking to each other and really not talking they're yelling at each other and then you have 90 95 percent of the country just looking at it with their hands up like well i guess this is what we're going to do with right now Mm -hmm. so i think until the rest of the population starts to get involved starts to watch podcasts starts to purposely pay for patreons and starts to actually put their money where their where their their thoughts and their beliefs are you're going to allow the three to five percent of the country that thinks that they're running the country and that they're 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 moving the parties. Uh, they're going to be the ones that think because they're the shouting the loudest. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyday parents are not really caring what's happening in larger populations of, in politics. They are caring about who's now getting elected on the school board, which I mm-hmm. think you're going to see <coughs> immense complications and a lot of interesting outcomes come the midterms. I think that's going to be something that we're going to see. So people are starting to kind of engage themselves, but I agree with you. Tell, saying that all media is fake news is... is doesn't benefit anyone. It just it just it's right. it's, it's it's red meat farther for the, the far right.
0: Well, and then and, and what concerns me also is, is that because many of these media outlets aren't really as financially viable as they mm-hmm. once were, we have situations, for example, Jeff Bezos buying the Washington mm-hmm. Post, which again, is not going to take and hold even Jeff Bezos to task, you know, and hold him accountable for the things happening within Amazon, which mm-hmm. we know there's a lot of issues there, you know, but is that even skewing the larger labor mm-hmm. movement that's happening right now and the issues happening at Kellogg's, yep. John Deere, you uh, and, and, and so, you you know, does that create the bigger distrust, you know, down the road in the mm-hmm. media as we see, you know, more powerful entities buy these media outlets because they know that they can then shape the news yeah. in the way that they see fit? Uh, and and it's, it, it's incredibly concerning because, you know, you do have to be more diligent about where and how you get your news mm-hmm. uh, to find out what the truth actually is um because again aside from your local media mm-hmm. there's not a lot of places where you can safely say okay i know i'm getting just the news mm-hmm. um and and hopefully again that creates an opportunity right yeah. but you know but the problem is is that we look at how it's affected the past two elections mm-hmm. right now trump obviously having the bigger megaphone because of the personality that he is, was able to kind of make that as a rallying cry for a lot of the people that voted for him. Um, now, look, I I have friends in, in that, I, you know, I have people I consider friends who are journalists that are in mm-hmm. media, and I feel horrible by the way that they've been treated by mm-hmm. some of the people that believe a lot of the rhetoric that we heard about mm-hmm. media in general, when, Like, your local news anchor is not, you know, the one out there, you know, that's out there trying to take down Trump. You know what I mean? But, yeah, they still got a brunt of this kind of fake news wave. Um, You know, but but then we saw in Biden's election, Mm -hmm. you know, with all these things that we now know to be true. Okay? Because even... When you know, as I've gotten older, even when the news has kind of like favored my mm-hmm. viewpoints or even gone completely against my viewpoints, I still have a high level of skepticism, mm-hmm. you know, because again, when, you, reporters and journalists, I think, feel now more comfortable than ever to kind of Lay their personal beliefs into the stories that they're writing, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's being approved by the editors, you know, at these at these media conglomerates. Um, but the fact that Hunter's Hunter Biden's issue laptop was an issue, a lot of really sensitive information in there, a lot of things that I think could have possibly mm-hmm. uh, taken. Uh, Joe Biden out of a primary, mm-hmm. um, you look at what's happening with COVID, mm-hmm. the fact that what was once considered a conspiracy theory has since proven true, in fact, of, of it having come out of a laboratory in Wuhan, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the, the, there, there's just been this continual mm-hmm. kind of thing where, and they won't. The problem is, is that now the mo- the news is moving so fast mm-hmm. that I don't think they even care to go back and correct. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you hold their feet to the fire and say you've got to issue a correction, that they, they you know, they're like, well, that's old news. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it was a week ago or a month ago mm-hmm. or three months ago, um, you know, they've kind of moved on mm-hmm. to twenty other things down the road. Sure. And again, I think that's where they're not they're doing themselves a disservice because they're not going back and saying, hey, you know what, you you were right, we were wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a story that, that we screwed up. And and that, again, just fuels the fire for those mm-hmm. who go out there and, and, and yell the fake news cry and, and and can point to something like the origin of COVID, like Hunter Biden's laptop, mm-hmm. and see, look, the media lied well, we can- and swung an entire election because of it. But well, we can go even further
2: than that and talk about the steel dossier i mean that was blatantly right. a lie mm-hmm. and yet i think it was cnn talking about it today that there, there's a documentary on hulu about the steel docu- the dossier and they're saying that it's some parts are real or not and then to come to find out that they had the gentleman who created the dossier on i believe it was cnn and the first question that would have came out of my mouth was like have you seen the p-tape if you haven't seen the P tape, then <laughs> how on earth are you supporting the P tape? And it's like uh-huh. these conversations that like, oh, yes, well, he was in Russia. I'm like, that's yep. factually false, but yet they're still pushing the narrative. I think on both sides have done a horrendous job allowing for the news to get manipulated to fit people's agenda, which yep. we all do, but we were expecting the news to be a little bit more conscious about it. But again, if CNN can't even apologize or tell people, yes, there's a difference between opinion and real news journalism, then... What are we doing here? And and I mean, and again, I think what we were talking about before, which
1: is that a lot of people who have gotten into politics in the last few years are used to this 120 degree temperature, which it's not the way the politics should be. And people's view on the media, like I said, if there's some distress there, that's fine. I got no problem with that. Um, but the level to which we've taken it, to the enemy of the people, to the point where people are literally, you know, President Trump would go, hey, look at the media behind you, yell at them. And people would just start yelling. and. They, we're we're better than that. We're better than that as Americans. And I don't believe by the way that the media Well swung... nothing's
0: gained by it either. By, yeah. de- by by demonizing them, you're not gonna they're gonna be like, Okay, we'll do a better job now. But you it's know, not it's even like...
1: that, but it's based upon a falsehood number in, in, in so many ways. But number two is, you know, I don't believe that the media swung the last election. Uh, in, in any which way. I think, frankly, if anything, it was Trump's to lose, uh, former President Trump's to lose.
0: But oh, again, no, we've discussed that, obviously, we, yeah, to, yeah. to to, to he lost various... <laughs> he, he, he lost that election. Yeah.
2: Trump lost by 42,000 votes in yeah. like four or five different counties in Georgia and Pennsylvania, by his own accord. We would have the Senate right now if he wouldn't have done what he did in the Georgia re, uh, the race for those two mm-hmm. Senate seats. After the Well, election. in
0: Politics 101, as I've mentioned numerous times, Trump ran... Uh, a negative campaign when he had plenty of positive to run on. And if you go back and you evaluate all the rally mm-hmm. speeches, all the messaging, all the commercials, all the, all the, 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 whole, the whole campaign vehicle that he ran on, he never went out and touted the things that he accomplished Never. because if you went and asked any Republican that voted for him, they would tell you, yeah, he went and he accomplished the things that I voted for him to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know, and whether you like that or not as a yeah. Democrat, or- you know, but, but, it, he maybe more so than any president has i I, I would say um that I can remember mm-hmm. you know maybe in my lifetime, maybe since Reagan, you know you had an elected official who actually got things done that he campaigned on, you know which is, again is a lot easier yeah. said than done
1: and i I would say that many presidents have done that I think uh, with Trump, it's more gray, but I think again m- my issue with this is with President Trump is when you have somebody that after the two thousand and twelve election said it was stolen, it was a lie, let's go march in the streets. 2016, after he wins the election, he yeah. wins it. He goes, I would have won it by four million votes if it wasn't for illegal aliens. And then in 2020, does what he does. My point is that you have a person who operates with our basic institutions in bad faith, and that includes the media. We're again, taking that sim- single and stretching it to a home run.
0: Now look, and, and anybody who's studied him, and there's a lot of great documentaries out mm-hmm. there, both you know for and against you know Trump. Will tell you that he this is how he's always accomplished the things mm-hmm. that he's accomplished. He demonized, you know, the city politics in New York. Mm-hmm. He demonized the state politics in New York to get accomplished the things that he wanted to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know. And but the but again, like and at an opportunity where he could have campaigned and run on the mm-hmm. on his accomplishments, especially now if you look at the stark contrast, you know, of where our econ, economy is now versus where it was, mm-hmm. you know, d- towards the end of his administration. Again, it was you know had. COVID obviously being a big vehicle of that, mm-hmm. I think had COVID not happened, I think you would have easily walked into re-election. Oh, sure. Um, but uh, that again, you know, it was one of these things where he ran on negativity, not positivity, mm-hmm. not on his accomplishments, mm-hmm. which I do think in turn cost him the election. But again, demoni- demonizing the media and, and running a negative campaign, mm-hmm. I think did him no service.
2: I also think though, by him doing that revealed a lot of issues, underlying issues that we had with the media, that, that the negativity coming out of the media, the, the, the willingness to just do whatever could be done to find something to run against Trump and automatically try to demonize him, automatically try to ruin his presidency. It, it wasn't as combative as the 90s or as even as its early 2000s, that you had a media that was to, tongue in cheek and they were still trying to get each other and try to jab each other, but there wasn't a, 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 a vileness. They truly believed that Trump was uh, a tyrannical uh, president, that he was, uh, was going to become a dictator. And that's what you were getting on CNN. Which never
0: transpired.
2: Which never transpired. and they Because still of Mike don't... Pence. Oh, okay.
0: Okay, and that might be true. I don't know. I yeah. mean, you know. but <laughs> it's because and, of Mike Pence. You know, <laughs> no, I, think, I, don't, I don't think that's And a lot of good
2: judges. But I don't <laughs> think that's it either, because you also have situations where a lot of things that he was pushing, again, 85 95% of everything that he did, a lot of people agreed with. And a lot of individuals agree with. They didn't like his tone and they didn't like his rhetoric. And I can understand that to a point. But at the end of the day, for, for political people to still be so evil and mean to, the, to the, the fact that the president is no longer president, and they almost, they enjoy it. And again, yeah. I get it. You don't like him. That's fine. But if you don't want us to also do that to you, then don't. Do that
0: well, and again, we've kind of you know went off on a Trump tangent, really kind of, being, although the yeah, <laughs> although the topic really being the media, and again, you know, it, it's you know, say what you will, but I think you know if if the media had actually done its job on Hunter Biden's laptop, if uh, if and 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 all the issues that came along with that, um, you know, again, I don't know that Biden would be president today, um, and and don't get me wrong, I think. You know, much like in 2016, you know, I think the powers that be within the Democratic Party made made wanted to see to it that Biden was the nominee. Um, in in the same way that they shut out Bernie Sanders in 16, you know, I think they did that to a lot of the other candidates in, in uh, you know uh, in 2020, and uh, and so. It, it, you know, the media played along with that. Like they, you know, it's on record where you know that CNN's, you know, Jeff Zucker said that they were, they were going to actively look at not only taking down Trump, but ensuring that Biden was going to be the next president. You know, and, th- and that's, that's, again, where the ratings reflect it. The media, mm-hmm. the, the Americans just don't trust. You know, when you have podcasts, Joe Rogan, and and some others who have higher viewership mm-hmm. or, or a bigger audience than network primetime yeah. television for CNN, I mean, I, the media's in a, in a really bad place.
1: Oh yeah, and, and, and if I may, you know, there's a big divide. I think part of the what gets me about the traditional post-Trump view on the media from a lot of Republicans is as part of that continue, Trump is about nothing but grievance. That's a big thing with Donald Trump is great cultural grievance, political grievance, Etc. cetera. Um, but, but again, I think with a lot of these issues, when you take a look at the 2016 campaign on the Hillary side and the 20 campaign on the Trump side, two of the biggest cases of political malpractice in presidential history on, on those sides. Yeah. And I think Trump in 20 was gross political malpractice. Glad it happened, but gross political malpractice in my opinion. So you know, that's how I see that.
0: Yeah. Well, again, thank you, everybody, for watching. Joining us today is uh, Tampa City Councilman Louis Vieira and uh, Nebel David Cabrera. You're watching the Yard Sign. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll have Nebel chime in here with some of the comments we've gotten so far. Um, I also want to remind you, we are broadcasting live on Clubhouse as well. If you haven't checked it out, love Clubhouse. Look, uh, look me up, Johnny Torres. Uh, you can look me up that way. I also got the Yard Sign as a room currently uh, broadcasting live on Clubhouse. Now, the cool thing about Clubhouse is that if you want to chime in at any point during the show and i see you in our clubhouse room i can bring you in just like calling into a radio show so we'd love to get you chiming in on uh, today's guests today's topics uh and again we appreciate you for watching if you uh want an audio version of this podcast don't forget you can find it on all the tech overlords at google apple spotify audible amazon uh, and iHeartRadio. radio uh um so, yeah,
2: so some of the the comments back and forth yep. is that uh, from hector and some of the others. Are about checking uh, when when Americans feel more comfortable with international uh, news agencies. So BBC, uh, they were talking about some of the other um, uh, W O N W I W O I N from India, a lot of the uh, N W K France 24. So a, a lot of people are talking about the other outlets and that they yeah. feel that international politics or international, Reuters even, even somewhat a little bit um, you know. international um, media conglomerates are. Mm-hmm. are Are now being seen as more valid and not as as opinionated. So, like I I watch the BBC every morning, just for like that forty five minutes or an hour, just to see what's going on with the Queen and (laughs) be able to, to really just get a reset on what's happening around the world. I'll get my information with the. The civil war that's happening in in, in Nigeria and, and issues that are occurring on the subcontinent and um, well, but and, and that's
0: the thing. Even when it comes to the Associated Press, we got to move on to the next topic. Yeah. But when it comes to the AP, you know, um, you know, the new spokesperson for the governor's office is Christine Pushaw, right? Which uh, you know, if you f- if you set your notifications on your phone to follow her, uh, forget it. She's I gonna she's out. gonna yeah. kill your phone battery. Mm. All right, because <laughs> she's on Twitter all day and in, and she's really taken some of these reporters to task because the mo- the news is moving so fast you know that again uh, you, you had a lot of reporters validating Rebecca Jones. Now mm-hmm. we know, you know, in retrospect, that that turned out to be, you know, a lot of fraudulent information and manipulation of the very data that she claimed was being manipulated by the governor. Mm-hmm. Um, and and none of them have gone back to correct any of those stories um, or to retract or to even apologize and say, hey, you know, we, we, we kind of jumped in head first. And I think, you know, to address some of the things that you were saying, you know the i think the the biggest issue that republicans have when we're talking about the media is is that they'll go out there and they'll validate something against a republican even like the p tape you know against donald trump having no actual evidence to support it but yet they'll completely ignore and put on the back burner something like Hunter Biden's laptop which again now months later has proven to be an actual problem mm-hmm. you know where you know we we're talking about potential corruption in our highest office you know when you're talking about Hunter saying that oh make sure that we kick 10% to the big guy mm-hmm. you know i mean mm-hmm. and and again something like that in retrospect could have cost him the election but the the media and they're all Again, you know, it, I'm not saying they're having some big meeting about it, mm-hmm. but it's but at the same time, I think they do kind of follow each other's lead. And whether it's Katie Couric, you know, again, editing her own stories or, you know, somebody like The Times or, you know, um, what was that other the 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 ABC story that the woman got fired because she claimed that they they um, they had kind of uh, they didn't run the story. It was about Epstein, I think. Anyways.
2: Um, oh, she was she was being accused of leaking the the tape about right. about the because it was a hot mic situation yeah and so she so she was saying that she got fired for the alleged oh she would she says she didn't do it but they say that she was the one that that leaked the information about uh, justin Espine and and that conversation and the media rat did more to ruin her life than to actually go and get the guy that yeah. was uh that was trafficking children
0: yeah all right hang on one second let's actually go to the clubhouse room we got laura on there laura you there hello Okay, uh, we'll go back to that. All right, so let's go on to our second topic, which is uh, the, uh, the crowding of the governor's, uh, governor's race. So I have the order right. Um, okay, so uh, today we got uh, – again, I don't have it in front of me. So. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, state senator current state senator annette Tadeo, former gubernatorial candidate as well was it did she run for governor or lieutenant, lieutenant governor? governor it was chris lieutenant governor 14 i think right that's right she was she was on uh charlie chris uh, uh second failed attempt at the (laughs) governor's race. Um, Don't smile
2: too much when you say that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Charlie and I got history. So uh, announced today that she's actually going to throw her hat in the ring for this governor's race to run against Nikki Freed, Charlie Crist, um, to become the next governor of the state of Florida, or at least uh, to go into the uh, general election as the gubernatorial nominee uh, for the governor's race. Um, you know, Annette famously, and I say famously only because I happen to be involved, um, but she called out Rick Scott, I remember, at one point during the governor's, during that campaign, and mm-hmm. criticized him for him trying to speak Spanish. Um, this is this was at a time when his Spanish was still rough, he was yeah. still learning, um, but he uh was uh but he was picking it up Mm -hmm. and he was trying to do more and more press conferences and interviews in spanish Mm -hmm. and she criticized him because of the quality of his spanish and and Mm -hmm. saying like oh well if you can't speak our language correctly don't speak it at all yeah which again just totally backfired on Mm her um because as latinos and it's Mm -hmm. all three of us here Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know the one thing that you know we have a hard time is for people being comfortable with embracing our culture sure you know i mean beyond you know seeing de Mayo, you know what yeah. I mean? Yep. You know, um, I mean, even um Channel 8, mm-hmm. WFLA, went live from the Hispanic Heritage Gala over mm-hmm. the weekend, mm-hmm. and you had people in there in the comment section. Why are we why are we seeing oh, this? Sure. Why are we celebrating yeah. this? Why it's like, well, I don't see anybody complaining about St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? And um and and so some people are saying mm-hmm. already that this is a way basically for her to save her political career because She's not her her race isn't looking good for reelection uh, yeah. for state Senate. Mm-hmm. District 40. Um, Right. And and so, you know, from your side of the aisle, mm-hmm. Lewis, and I don't know how much you kind of, you know, are involved with sure. with yeah. with the party at the local level. Um, but what's the temperature like? You've got Charlie, who, again, I mean, obviously he's been on the Democratic side mm-hmm. now for for long enough. Yeah where He's kind of earned their trust. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Nikki Fried, who again, I, I think, is also jumping into this gubernatorial race because I think she sees the writing on the wall that mm-hmm. she probably would not win a re election. It would be tough. Yeah. yeah. And then now you got Annette Tadeo mm-hmm. in a similar fashion, who really all she has to uh, go on is being a state senator, which most people don't mm-hmm. even know who their state senators are, mm-hmm. um, a failed <laughs> lieutenant gubernatorial candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, And being from Miami, I mean, Mm -hmm. which again, only gets you about as far as Palm Beach County.
1: Well, I mean, if you take a look at it, number one, just objectively speaking, I mean, I, I, on a personal basis, and with uh, Congressman Christ out of those folks, and okay. I think that you know he um, is uh, a bridge builder in many, many ways, and uh, and, and whatnot. Um, but I think all three of the Democrats are very strong in their own way. I think that if, if you were to compare this to any past gubernatorial election, I go back to two thousand two, yep. when uh, Jeb Bush was running for re-election, and Bill McBride, God rest his soul, a great guy, a great Marine Vietnam veteran, and a great lawyer, um, was on the cover of the New Republic, and they called him the most important Democrat in the United States of America. Um, um, and it's sort of for similar reasons which is ron DeSantis is being positioned to be the next republican nominee for president if president trump doesn't jump in even if he does maybe who knows um he's got again objectively speaking a lot of bona fides which is he's a governor of a, a very important state uh, a navy veteran decorated a, a lot of things that politically objectively speaking are very very good you know whether a democrat can ultimately take him out we don't know politics uh, four, four months from now, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, it looks difficult, but certainly not impossible. Um, I think that Ron DeSantis, you were talking about his press secretary, I think what he's trying to do is follow the Trump model mm-hmm. in terms of, again, grievance politics, the stretching that single into a home run, like I said, on so very many issues, and that's to win the primary. Um, uh, obviously, and he and he's got to do that. But it is being successful with Republican voters. I don't think on a national level that's going to be, you know, healthy for the United States. But it'll certainly be very difficult. All the statewide races are going to be Val Demings, who I think the world of, I love her to death, is running against Senator Rubio. You know, it, there's going to be a lot of difficult races. Um, Florida, what we saw in 2020 is uh and i think the core of that we mentioned que nosotros somos todos latinos it's the mm-hmm. latino vote you take a look yeah. at osceola county i was checking it up i think it went for biden six, no strike that for hillary 65 percent in 2016 went about 57 58 for biden wow. tons of puerto ricans there sure so there's been a lot of gains by the republicans that should have a well, lot of self-analysis by dems
0: well and i have a couple of things i want to touch on based on what you just mm-hmm. said do you see a more informed voter on the hispanic side and and would you say that that's part of the shift that we're seeing because we saw it happen huge in miami in Mm -hmm. south florida we saw huge gains by the republican party Mm -hmm. in south florida um we're seeing smatters of that throughout the country Uh, what would you attribute that to
1: many, many things. Hispanics, I mean, Venezuelans are different than Mexicanos who are different than Puerto Ricans. Uh, A Cuban who came here in 1960, like my family, is different from a Marielito, who's different from somebody in 1996. Um, Everybody has their own reasons. If you look at it on a global basis in Miami-Dade County, Democrats really underestimated the whole socialism push um, with regards to Republicans saying that, oh, um, you know, the, the Green New Deal is like Fidel Castro Marxism, et cetera. You know, like I always tell people, my family didn't leave Cuba because of higher taxes, you know what I right, mean? Right. Whether it's desirable or not for the United States. Um, that's an issue. Um, I think then also that not all Hispanics are what you call social justice voters. Hispanics lean democratic, but there's different kinds of democratic voters. And I think Hispanics are more culturally conservative, culturally moderate, by the virtue of the high religious uh, affiliation of Hispanics. I grew up going to church three or four times a week. It is what it is. So there's a lot of different things like that that play into that.
0: Yeah, well again, for those of you watching or listening, uh, it, we have uh, it's Tampa City Councilman Louis Viera joining us. Um, um, funny enough, we were at the local Hillsborough County Republican party meeting, mm-hmm. uh, which I won't go in too not, much into. We're not
2: going into major detail. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm sure.
0: but I was, <laughs> I was genuinely surprised at Let's the number of Hispanic it. candidates oh, I know. putting their yeah. name on the ballot as Republicans, mm-hmm. you know, for this upcoming cycle. Now, whether they're viable or not, that's a mm-hmm. whole nother conversation Other that conversation. we won't go down. Um, but when we're talking about this primary um, you know, I certainly understand, you know, as uh, you know, kind of in in, in, in comparing it to maybe Biden's election Mm -hmm. with Charlie being the safer choice for Democrats, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, really, is is he the one to beat? You know, do you think, you know, Nikki has any kind of an advantage there, you know, being that she's sitting on the state cabinet Mm -hmm. um, or is it, you know, kind of just, Pretty much a given now that, that charlie's going to be the nominee and
1: i think it's a wild card right now because everybody has their strengths now with the state senator getting in there that's going to you know ruffle a lot of political feathers it's going to be very very difficult uh congressman christ like everybody has his uh political vulnerabilities just like the other two folks do etc it's going to be very difficult right now it i think democrats are going to like like what happened with Biden, people are going to come together on somebody who they think is going to be the best nominee. Um, you're comparing apples to oranges. 2020, you know, I was always of the opinion that there was one Democrat who was running who could beat Donald Trump, and that's the guy that did beat Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, this time, very difficult, very very difficult.
0: And so, I, I don't know if you've had the chance to talk to um, Congressman Chris. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, And, and, or, or maybe can maybe just even theorize on. His motivation. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you look at congressional district thirteen and how vital that that district mm-hmm. is, especially for the Democrats mm-hmm. in the state of Florida, um, what a purple district that has become. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that he's maybe one of the few Democrats that can hold on to that seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would imagine much like Nikki kind of giving up, you know, mm-hmm. the agriculture seat. You know, is there not anybody kind of in their ear saying, "Hey, yeah. you know, do you really want to do this because it's going to be a big, a bigger challenge for us?" To hold these seats uh, for anybody that comes behind you.
1: Yeah, and I'm not, I, I mean, I've spoken to him numerous times on the campaign and issues, not that in detail where I can opine on that, but yeah. you know, I, I would gather to think he's the sees himself as the kind of person who's collaborative and, and I think just sees, you know, when you look at uh, Governor Chris when he was governor, you know, I supported Jim Davis in 2006 when he got elected, I think it was 2006. Charlie Chris frustrated Democrats a lot back then because he was reasonable. He appeared reasonable when he became governor. Did a lot of things with the environment. I remember for voting rights, for returning citizens, yeah. things that I'm like, you can't do that. That's our stuff. You know, <laughs> right, I mean, what, right. what are you doing?
0: But in so, the end, that was kind of what did him in, right? Because oh, as yeah. the mm-hmm. Republican ter- Party turned more conservative, the hug with Obama, the hug with Obama, mm-hmm. the fact that the par- the Republican Party turned more conservative,
1: yeah. um, mm-hmm.
0: you know, really kind of made Charlie the outlier, the established right mm-hmm. um and, uh, and and because you you know even still you know he reminds me of the kind of the the just passing age of politics which is mm-hmm. the clinton era you know yep. of politics where mm-hmm. you had these very likable very you know mm-hmm. a very kind of relatable candidates mm-hmm. you know that kind of fit the bill you know yeah. and, mm-hmm. and funny enough i kind of you know I saw DeSantis in, in that light sure. in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, wow, he checks off o- almost too many mm-hmm. boxes. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, he's a Navy guy. He's a family guy. He's, a, yeah. you know, it's like, he's an attorney. He's a veteran. Mm-hmm. He's, a, you know, and uh, like, it was almost like too polished, too cookie cutter, mm-hmm. too, you know, for the role, you know, and, and so Charlie, in that sense, reminds me of that kind of old school mm-hmm. politician where he always remembers your name. He remembers, oh, yeah, sure. you know, you know, yeah. he's one of those he's guys true. who notoriously <laughs> is, is known for being, yeah. you know. Know, very memorable, very relatable. Mm-hmm. We've said like, it before. He is the yeah.
2: best. He's one of the best retail politics politicians I've ever known.
0: By sure. far, one of the. And best it's one of the things you hear retails. about anybody who's met Bill Clinton. Oh yeah, yeah sure.
2: Yeah. And and I'll,
1: I will say this about Governor DeSantis. I have my theory, which is under President Trump, a lot of anywhere from ten to fifteen percent of Republicans, either left the party, voted for Biden, or wrote in Ronald Reagan or Abraham Lincoln or somebody. Sure they were replaced by a lot of voters who were never in politics who went something about that guy i really like that guy and they mm-hmm. got in politics but those 10 to 15 percent of republicans who left the party and are conservative i don't mean like liberal republicans yeah they're conservative they sure. like small government deregulation low taxes oh, yeah. all that stuff i know right? plenty of them yep. and yeah and they want to come back to the party i talk to a lot of them and they go they want to vote for DeSantis because I got a good buddy of mine as conservative. He makes y'all look like moderates, very conservative. But yeah. he voted for Biden. Okay. Right? And um he wants to vote for someone like DeSantis. That's something that's gonna benefit him, which is you're gonna to get to keep those Trump voters, but then have those folks come home.
0: Well, see, and that's the thing. I think uh, I see Governor DeSantis certainly yes mm-hmm. in in some ways following the Trump playbook mm-hmm. um, and and it's funny because I've actually from those never Trumpers mm-hmm. you know former Republicans mm-hmm. you know that they almost see is like no he's too close to the I Trump know. Yep. you know yep. uh, to to the Trump playbook you know which again if personality wise they're very different mm-hmm. you know in fact you know I think if anything you know this past year has gone has made the governor more confident, mm-hmm. uh, a better public speaker. You know, he, he's certainly more confident in his agenda and kind mm-hmm. of how he wants to run the state. Um, and, and, and because in a lot of ways, like his kind of swing for the fences has kind of paid off, you know, mm-hmm. like in, in, in some ways, um, you know, especially in his handling of COVID, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of, with Republicans nationally kind of winning a lot of favor mm-hmm. uh, in the way he's handled the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting that you say that they kind of, that some people may be coming, and I hope it's true, mm-hmm. um, that some people may be coming back, thanks to the sense because really, I, I'd see him as someone who is, is, is is sharper. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's, he's someone who is certainly, again, he's an attorney. He was a former JAG officer. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy is, is incredibly smart, you know? And so when he goes and challenges the media in, in what some might say a Trump-esque fashion, Mm -hmm. he's much smarter about it. Yeah. You know, it's not as much as like a personality attack as it is a hey, Substance you know, policy, yeah, right? exactly. I'm going to criticize you for what you are trying mm-hmm. to, to to say, but here's you know, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And that's you know,
2: insane. That the moment a politician pushes back on a someone, a media person or a reporter, he's acting very Trumpish. <laughs> right. like that's that's yeah. the standard that we have it's become. Now. Yeah, sure. Just because someone is pushing back means yeah. that you're automatically a Trumper. And mm-hmm. I think I, I do. I I agree with your. Premise mm-hmm. in regards to some Republicans leaving and now starting to kind of come back. I don't think it's ten to fifteen percent. I think the last time they did a poll, it was between three uh, to five percent of Republicans that didn't vote for the president. Um, but I think it's going to
0: take. It's probably going to take an, at least one or two more cycles before those Republicans do make their way back to mm-hmm. the party. I mean, and 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 look, some of them have turned that into a very profitable uh oh, you know sure. vehicle for themselves and, and
1: but in the, and i don't mean from the 2020 i mean from 15 to 16 right. when oh, they yeah. went that's what they I'm went with. hey i voted for Kasich. i voted for ben carson i voted for jeb bush whoever it is and you're like you're getting that Donald Trump guy is, I'm, I'm a Republican. What the hell happened? You I know, think was, uh, I think it was
2: much easier for Republicans to vote for a Biden than it was for Republicans to vote for a Hillary. I don't, sure. think, the, oh, I yeah. don't think they were ever going to vote for a Clinton. A lot of the, my friends that, that decided not to vote for Trump just didn't vote at all, or sure. just vote. They yeah. wrote in, and, and vote I tell Ron people Reagan.
0: famously, like he was, he was maybe literally my last choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no way I was going to vote for Hillary. There just wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I kind of like to say they tra- You know, I I was more comfortable trusting the guy I didn't know than, than the person that I did know. Correct. And I was I was legitimately f- frightened of what a Clinton administration would look like mm-hmm. under Hillary. Correct. Um,
1: see, I would trust this water bottle over President Trump. That's me.
2: <laughs> oh, I would trust President Trump.
0: But see, but but the other thing that, again, I think in a lot of ways maybe was a good thing, you know, in, mm-hmm. in retrospect, was that um, you didn't have a lot of the governmental... Um, uh, knowledge there in, mm. in the inner workings of mm. DC or politics or government in any way, you know? So he, he was, he was limited, I think, in some ways as to what he did or could accomplish mm. because he was kind of learning on the job. Um, and a lot of the people that he was able to bring in also didn't have you know, he didn't have that, those establishment people that had decades mm-hmm. of working, you know, in D.C. Mm-hmm. that had those relationships with, you know, all the, the lobbying groups. And, you know, and so I think that really kind of reined in mm-hmm. a lot of maybe what he could have potentially accomplished oh, yeah. or wanted to accomplish. I,
1: I always tell, number one, I, I think he's incapable of learning because of a narcissism and just a gross lack of humility. But I suggest had the Republicans nominated the guy that I thought was going to go and take Hillary's behind politically with Jeb Bush. Had y'all nominated Jeb Bush, Affordable Care Act would have been repealed, among
2: uh, many other things. I think, I think Jeb showed the weakness that he had when he couldn't even rally a, a, a Roma of his own supporters to clap for him i mean it was that kind of reality well the thing i think that that train generationally
0: also, had, had passed yeah. mm-hmm. you know it was you know one of these things where i think that type of politician much like we saw with romney i think that kind of politician that fit the box fit the profile fit like people weren't looking for that mm-hmm. i mean especially here in florida i mean when you talk about the way that governor scott got elected you know and then now and then elected to the senate you know this state really also has a hunger for your you know at least now Mm -hmm. for your more of your non-traditional type of Mm -hmm, candidates you know and i would say that's even part of the reason why nikki got elected
1: Yeah, I would say with Republicans, this was more than that. That conservative fervor that started building up in 64 with Goldwater, those chickens really came home to roost in a way that Republicans never anticipated with Trump. You take a look at like with Jeb Bush, it wasn't because he was establishment. Take a look at the things that Donald Trump said about, remember with, uh, of course, if he feels that way about illegal immigration, his wife's Mexican, things like that, you're like, what the heck? And it's not, that's not stuff that you're like, wow, he's saying what's on his mind. You're thinking, you're saying it's on your mind and, and, and God forgive you for thinking that. You know what I mean? Well,
0: and I, uh, I remember during every debate being like, oh, that's it, that's the end of his campaign. Like I, I legitimately never mm-hmm. thought that it would go the way it did mm-hmm. because I thought, God, that that's so offensive or that's so out of character for our nation's mm-hmm. politics that there's no way that this continues to move that boat down the river no, I, and I, I never thought
2: that oh, i oh have to say i every oh time, i did i was shocked continually. every time it went it went further and further i'm like that's where the country wants that's where the pendulum swings and i'm going to say this comment right they now.
0: they did want a fighter they did yes, want the com- somebody the the republican party was hungry for somebody that was going to fight in
2: the face how many times yeah. right for how long and we, we were just done. We had lost the White House. We had lost both seats, both uh, the House and the Senate. And we needed someone to be a fighter. Now, if that, if that was Trump. And Trump did exactly what the Republicans wanted to do. And, again, 90%, 95% of what he did, Republicans wanted to get done when he came to the wall, when he came to the majority of his policies, even, even down to the Supreme Court nominations. And I'll say this. The way Democrats... The court
0: nominations in general. Yeah,
2: and the yeah. way Democrats talk about the, the previous president irates. Republicans yeah just the way they're so negative and they are so um, they oh, they're almost like browbeating when it comes to talking about the past president. We talk about Obama in this in this group all the time and I never make a disparaging comment about Obama and the way he was uh, running around and making dictatorial uh, comments who would have thought Joe Biden would be more of a tyrannical president than Trump? I mean, that's where we're at right now by doing mandates and having people uh, obviously pushing the agenda. When he says, no, he cannot mandate, and then saying six months later, yes, he can mandate it. I mean, who would have thought? And now it's caught up into the courts. So I think we have to be a little bit careful. If, if Democrats want the tone and the, and, and, the, and the temperature to go down, then you've got to stop attacking
0: I mean, when, Lewis, when you say that you mm -hmm. kind of model yourself as a Roosevelt, um, Mm -hmm. and I mean FDR. um, Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So TR, FDR, Mm -hmm. um, you know, know, Obama, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Biden type. Mm -hmm. Do Do you genuinely think, do you think we are getting the same Biden that we would have gotten? four years ago or six or eight years ago? Absolutely
1: not. The Democratic Party has changed in response to President Trump. Um, You know, the Democratic Party certainly went to the left. A lot of its networks, net roots, activist groups um, took on a more prominent stance right now when you're dealing with a modestly different Democratic Party. I think, though, with Trump, it's funny because people talk about moving on from Trump. Um, I always, number one, I always believe that Biden was going to beat Trump in the election. And I remember thinking to myself, after this happens, there's got to be Americans seeing the best in one another mm-hmm. after this and forgiving one another. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's true.
2: Then it, it will it, never uh, happen until a Democrats stop attacking the president. Sure. But what I'm going to say if, is if you want the tone to stop mm-hmm. or to lo- lower, you have to stop attacking. The prior president. I'm not saying that he was right on everything. I'm not saying he's wrong on everything. But I'm saying when you're listening, even when I have to roll my eyes when I'm listening to uh, Crystal Ball on what's the the new podcast that they have,
0: uh, Breaking Point. Breaking Points. Point. Yeah, Crystal goes into
2: it. this whole thing. Yeah, we need to b- bring down the tone and bring down the energy. And then she goes in a three minute rant about how bad Trump was. I'm like, 68 to 78 million people voted for Trump. Sure. Half of the country voted for Trump. So why are we still thinking that we can bash him? That's not going to bash that's not going to upset the other part of the country.
1: I think what happened after the 2020 election ruined those plans. Um, in terms of the numerous lies, you know, people like uh, uh, Giuliani, who, who's that other woman, Sydney, whatever her name is from Texas. Powell? The, yep. the, yeah, yeah, the, uh, 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 the president, the whole stop the steal thing, the January 6th rally, it's going to be wild. That really struck at a core with a lot of people. And you know, from that, there's gotta be a right record. It's funny because this is a kind of dialogue that we need to have.
0: Yeah, but I also think that, you know, regardless of, you know, and avoiding going down the the tangent of talking about January 6th, you know, I I, I think, I do think it it should have been a wake up call to DC, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of there's something wrong here. If people were that willing to storm the Capitol, Mm -hmm. you know, again, whether, you know, again, you know, Okay, I'm not even gonna get into you know my personal opinions on it but the fact that they were even willing to go to that length mm-hmm. um, I think should have been a wake-up call to DC and what's wrong in DC in our Congress in our Senate uh, and even in 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 the in the presidential administration you know rather than simply then saying oh well we're not we're not going to you know just Turn the whole narrative against the individuals who who caused this. Instead of saying, "Well, why did this happen?" You know, what is it that we're doing wrong when Congress has its lowest mm-hmm. approval ratings in history? You know, what is it that we are doing wrong? You know, that would cause people to want to do this. I, I think that there's in no a, introspection there.
1: In a reverse side, that kind of sounds like a liberal sociologist from 1967 Harvard explaining street crime which is when people invade the Capitol in an effort to circumvent the 12th Amendment and 180 cops are injured um, from it, that's something that should be universally condemned. And mind you, a lot of mainstream, what I call, and conservative as you can, Republicans condemn it. It's just, again, I think that there's got to be some acknowledgement of the hurt that that day and that whole movement caused the United States um, in this person's estimation.
0: No, and I'm not saying that it it didn't cause some damage and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not uh, also saying that what they did wasn't wrong, Mm -hmm. but again, there needs to be, and and, and they're not going to do it, but there should be some introspection on behalf of Congress as to why these people were motivated enough to do that, you know? And, and again, it's not a Republican side issue. Yes. Mm -hmm. While obviously it was stemming from a rally that had just taken place, you know, but the truth of the matter is, is that nationally, Poll after poll is showing that regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, Congress continues to be at its at its worst levels, you know, in terms of uh, of of, uh, of of their ratings, mm-hmm. you know, of their approval ratings. Um, and so if not this group, it's it may be another group down the road, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously we see that from both sides. We see all the rallies and the protests and the marches, sure. um, you know, because. While Violence people while people option. are while people are fixating on January 6, what about all the riots that came after the sure. Trump uh, inauguration? You know, and and then you know we saw with with BLM. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's there are some very fundamental issues that this country needs to face that Congress is completely ignoring, which is what upsets no, so ahead.
2: many Republicans. Is because they see the, the mismatch of when it came to the the focus or when it came to the discussion of what was happening again. I agree that what happened on January 6 was was inappropriate and should never happen. I also agree that what happened throughout the summer of of a summer of love should never have happened as well. And I think the fact that we are allowed to okay that kind of violence but not okay the fr- frustration that other people were having and I think that's a big problem that we're having and again Democrats and I think a lot of liberals at the end of the day try to just pass it away as well. Well, we had this horrible president and now everything should be back to back to normal again. We're never going to be back to normal if people cannot just say he was just our, he was the last president. If you cannot like the whole bottle thing. I, I understand your position, but was it Kamala Harris and Biden w- refused to take the, the vaccine because it was a Trump vaccine? But then as soon as they became president now, OK, now we're listening. And to that vaccine. was and that was one of
1: the dumbest things that I've, I mean with all due respect to the vice president I've ever heard um, anyone say. But I will say this with. Um, You know, with the the, the violence that happened in the summer, I mean, myself, I'm an elected official. I wholeheartedly condemn that on so very many levels. And I did on social media, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. For me, that's just, uh, uh, you know, common sense in that regard. But again, January 6th is an issue that that I think is of great moral
2: consequence to the United States, but we could probably spend eight hours on it. But again, at the end of the day, what happened on January 6th on the the protest site was wrong. But at the end of the day, the system worked. The, the election was certified. Well, I mean, they were all of they, that worked out correctly. I
0: believe no, but there's been a no. I don't believe that there's been any proof to the contrary, but they were unarmed. You well know, I mean and, and and the only ones that were armed were the Capitol police sure, sure there were people injured because again because of the extent the very nature the physical nature of entering uh, you know the building that the way they did you know but again to me this was no different than a riot happening down the street in Washington DC I think people are are, are over mm-hmm. emphasizing you know or, or just put dramatically kind of putting you know just more value into the fact that it was the Congre- the, the Capitol building
2: I and will liberals ever make comments about the 700 Hundred police officers that were killed and injured during that summer of violence. This Democrat
0: did no, but, yeah, but but, it, yeah, but again, uh, sure like held, the but, congressional but, building. The congressional building shouldn't be held uh, to any different standard than you know the mom and pop businesses that have been destroyed all over the country. This is
1: the crucial point of distinction, which is that January 6th effort was made to circumvent something that we all believe is holy in a a, a secular sense, which is the, the United States Constitution, the 12th Amendment. They were there to circumvent an election if it wasn't for, in a moment of greatness for him, Vice President Mike Pence and before that a lot of federal judges. You don't think if that's of,
0: you don't think if that's actually what they were trying to accomplish that they would have come like fully armed and certainly in far greater numbers if it was actually an an, an illegitimate insurrection.
1: <laughs> I believe them at their word with what they were saying. I mean that's just, you know, again, it's one of those things that the overwhelming evidence supports that. But but again, for for me that's an issue of moral clarity and and a lack of moral relativism, as I see it on that issue, which is you got, and I'm not saying y'all aren't doing this, you got to condemn it. And when you see the revisionism that we've seen from the president himself, and then people remember that day, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy condemned the president of the United States and said that he had
0: a role in creating that I'll just quote them. oh no no like he he definitely mm-hmm. mishandled the whole situation mm-hmm. and again with the, that wasn't again the topic but you know <laughs> but but to me it's what happened there was no different than any other ride that's taken place mm-hmm. um it, it's simply a different building you know with, with a which, with a fancier name on it i put you know, in and, i put
1: in my my argument and we'll let the jury decide yeah and at the <laughs> end of the day
2: what really is the problem is that over a hundred million citizens are not even voting, are not even willing no. to participate because they see the back and forth. If we cannot figure out a way to move past some of these things <laughs> and be able to focus on building a better Republic, then we're gonna be in this issue for the rest of our lives. And we're gonna keep on raising the temperature because mm. we cannot simply say these comments out loud. Again, there's a no. commission and they're in there. And again, everyone that broke the law that day should be held too accountable to what their actions were, going to jail, facing the fines, doing what has to be done. But if you're going to tell me that we're going to continue this january 6th commission for the next two years because really it's just now fodder for the other side to be able to bash republicans every single day as this commission starts so we're going to literally have i don't think they're ever going to close the commission as as long as democrats are in power of the
0: house they will never close that well right well and i think part of it is also to weaponize it for the upcoming midterm elections correct and that way they can point at certain people you know, that are, are going to be up for reelection and be like, look, this person supports the what what happened here. This person, you know, and it's going to be it'll be ended up on mailers and, and when, uh, TV ads. and.
1: Sure. But one thing I'd say is that when you, we were talking about past Republican presidential nominees, going back to George Bush one, all except Bob Dole have condemned the, the 45th president and didn't support him. That's big evidence before January 6th. Um, in terms of the um, deviation from normalcy. I don't believe that at
2: all. I think the reason why that president did not um, support 45 was because he was a complete opposite of what they tried to do, that dynasty of the Bush dynasty. And that really was a, 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 a... Uh, push away from the establishment. I mean, there's a reason why these overly established individuals like having these dynasties is because they can keep control and keep power. And Americans were just over it.
0: I mean, look, I have a deep appreciation for 41, you know, and and, uh, I mean, you look at What now, obviously, is historically seen as a mistake, you know, but to have gone, you know, after Saddam Hussein, after Mm 9-11, you know, again, was a personal thing. Why? Because he had gone and tried to take out, um, you know, uh, H.W., mm-hmm. you well, know, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm just, you sure. know, kind of lining that up to say that uh, after you watch the primaries and how mm-hmm. vicious Trump was to the other candidates in that primary, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, W. is going to take personal offense to that. And, uh, you know, and not that he's saying he shouldn't. Yeah. And, 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 and it's obviously within his right to do so, you know, because he's talking about his sister-in-law and his brother. And, and and to say, well, hey, this is not acceptable. And yeah, like he, he, he didn't just rewrite the book on politics. I mean, he literally torched it. Oh,
1: listen, Donald. a couple of things, but you don't just have the Bushes. You have McCain, Rodney, et cetera, et cetera, Liz Cheney, a lot of national names, but Trump, forget about what you think I've, of him personally. He rev, has revolutionized uh, politics, I think in a bad way, but he literally, like you said, burned the rule book. Yeah. He, he literally made fun of a Vietnam veteran who spent five and a half years being tortured as a POW and he won
0: anybody else that does that. Well, like, yeah. Look at it... an made the case that that was case... part of the reason why he lost the reelection. Did we make the case. Mm-hmm. That's the
2: thing that I make that case all the time in regards to why he lost that mm-hmm. reelection in Arizona. That makes complete sense. However, mm-hmm. I don't use it as a bash for the policies that he pushed to forward. Again, I, as a, as a as a, as a very, as a man of faith, do not believe in following an individual, um, and and fully following an individual, because all humans are. Are, are have fallen from the grace of God. But I'm not gonna stand here and say, I'm not gonna stand here and say that I wouldn't vote for him because of his morals. My morals are not dictated by the president of the United States, nor are they anywhere near where it comes to past presidents as well. They are all immoral because we're all sinful because we've all sinned. So right there, I don't understand why people keep on using that as a bash. Again, mm-hmm. if we're gonna keep on bashing the president, we're gonna keep on doing it. But then don't expect Republicans not to start bashing back. And, I, and that's what raises the temperature.
0: All right. Uh, Thank you again, everybody, for watching The Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Joining us today, City Councilman uh, Louis Vieira from the city of Tampa, right here where the show originates from. Uh, Also, Anibal David Cabrera, as always. Uh, Lots to talk about. Uh, We'll try not to... uh, Deviate? Well, and and then kind (laughs) of maybe touch on on more of the surface area of this next topic. But uh, the cancel culture war came to a head once again as uh, the one and only... Dave Chappelle, maybe one of the greatest comedians of our time. Uh, I mean, I I put him right up there with Carlin and um, uh, Pryor, Eddie Murphy. Uh, And uh, obviously, very controversial. And I'll be honest, I haven't seen the new special, but I've probably watched everything else he's done multiple times over. So I can imagine uh, what, uh, what was included in this last Netflix special. Uh, but of course the cancel cultures now come out for MP because of some of the disparaging things that he said about the trans community. Uh, that being said, it's not the first time. Have you watched his previous specials? He has t- touched on that particular subject before. Uh, maybe not as in-depth as this current special. Um, have either of you guys watched uh, the current special? I have not special? had the opportunity. Not yet. No, I don't know. My wife
2: told me not to watch it until we can both watch it at the same no. time. All right. However, so we're kind of in the there same are way. a lot of clips on Facebook, on yeah. new, on YouTube. So I've seen a few clips of what's mm-hmm. going on about around it. I will say this like every other special he's ever done he attacks not attacks he makes comments about everyone and to the point to where like even i'm sitting there i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) and like everyone everyone has that moment when they're in a comedy, when they're watching a comedy Mm -hmm. special and like they don't they feel uncomfortable and you feel the uncomfortable like you feel it sometimes in the audience sometimes when they're talking but you also understand that they're also hitting everyone else at the same time. So Dave Chappelle does a great job hitting everyone. And when you get offended, like the last, the last one was uh, the alphabet, the car, the, the alphabet soup going in the car, which right. I thought was hilarious and a great way to explain it. But people got offended by that, and you're like, <laughs> people are chuckling now in the room. But uh, but I think if you're getting offended, then you're missing the point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, to me, uh, stand up comedy, uh, really you know, and I think Joe Rogan maybe being kind of uh, at the front of that line, along with Dave Chappelle, they notoriously do performances around the country together, um, and, you know, and comedians now have a larger platform than ever uh, because it has transcended the stage that they work on. They now, most of them have their own podcasts and TV shows and things like that. Um, but to me, they are the last bastion of hope for for, for truly free speech. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, again, they, they, they Again, they've faced repercussions for the things that they say, um, as as they should. But the best comedians of our generation uh, have always, you know, tiptoed across the line, you know, or crossed the line, you know. When you talk about uh, again, Pryor, Carlin. Um, Eddie Murphy, um, and, and you know now Dave Chappelle, and and you look at uh, even gosh, I had a George Carlin video come up in my Facebook feed from I think it was probably like 15 years ago, and it's amazing because you would have thought that he was talking about what was happening today, mm-hmm. oh yeah, uh, and and so it's it's a. It, somebody said that stand-up comedy is really a reflection of what's happening in our society yes. um, and and these comedians obviously have a much different perspective and that that's how they frame you know their work um, you know and, and and again it like you said if, if you can't take the joke then you're obviously not missing it You know, because, again, I mean, obviously, Republicans, the butt of many jokes for many comedians, you know, but we're starting to see that it actually the conservative groups, you know, are the ones giving them more of a pass, you Mm -hmm. know, when they talk about these things, you know, because they realize that, okay, there needs to be room for, you know, the, the, the type of content that we consider free speech, whether we agree with it or not, you know, and Go ahead.
1: Oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just, you know, and well, so to yeah, that I, extent, yeah. this is not
0: the first time that that Chappelle has offended people, and and I think he also brings to light a lot of opinions that are that are typically held within minority communities that aren't typically voiced or talked about openly be- for the fear of repercussion.
1: And and I think, and I haven't seen it. I mean, I, I, I think we all stipulate and all people should stipulate that everybody's entitled to respect, et cetera. Right. The issue is, where do you cross the line? Like, for example, with me, uh, if you all remember that movie, Tropic Thunder, right. I've seen it. I hate that movie and I will always... I will always have it out for every single actor in that movie because my oldest brother is mentally disabled. Um, and, and, and again, where do you draw the line? For example, this isn't comedy, but the, the Rolling Stones sticky finger song, uh, uh, Brown Sugar, mm-hmm. um, they just said they're not going to sing. I love the Rolling Stones. I, I listened to that song. I never read the lyrics. I read the lyrics. I was horrified.
0: Really? What the hell? I've Have never you ever no read the
1: lyrics. It's awful. It yeah. is evil. It's as if Satan himself wrote that song. It's terrible. Wow. I go, what the hell were y'all thinking? So Drugs, um you it's, know. Some, it's it's awful. Yeah. So so again, where do you where do you draw the line in that regard? Um I, I, I don't know, but again, everybody should be treated with respect. And I think especially when it's personal for a lot of people. Um, uh people speak up and this should be personal like I can say to all of us. For example, I if, if you don't have somebody in your family with intellectual disabilities, we, we should have the same level of compassion and empathy because of empathy. Mm-hmm. So so again, where do you draw yeah. the line? I don't know. But, well, but and, and you know,
0: and to that extent, for instance, actually today, you know, as I was getting ready to leave the house, I was watching Josh Blue, mm-hmm. you know, and you're talking about a very successful comedian here mm-hmm. within the last ten years who who has, I believe, cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of his You know, a lot of his uh, humor, a lot of his content is based on his Mm -hmm. His afflictions, you know, and and his experiences. Exactly. Uh, So, I mean, stand-up comedy by its very nature Mm -hmm. or or those that have transcended time in Mm -hmm. terms of stand-up comedians, have always walked the line, yeah. you know, and it is very difficult. It's funny because as soon as you brought up Tropic Thunder, I thought you were going to talk about Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's know? a whole. It's, I mean, that's there's all, so many know, issues <laughs> there, <laughs> you know. But but it goes to show you, right? Like yeah. perception, you know, mm-hmm. and and perspective, you know, in terms of what may, is yeah. is by today's standards considered problematic.
1: And and it's and if I may, it's funny because my my son who's here will watch old movies from the 1980s, like I was emailing you before and like 16 candles yeah. um etc great movies but there's certain things you go yeah that's just to let you know that's not right or whatever great movies from the right. nineteen. uh what is a weird science whatever you know yeah. you're just like you know well like
0: you know and i mean by today's standards honestly because you know, the cancel culture has even come come for Disney, you know, in, in much lighter, uh, with much lighter reasons. But like, I'm listening to the Little Mermaid soundtrack, mm-hmm. you know, and the song, Kiss the Girl. Yeah. It's like, well, if you want to know if she likes you or not, kiss the girl. Well, yeah. you know, by today's standards, you know, if you're listening to the cancel culture, like that would be completely unacceptable. Yeah.
1: And, and I think the whole cancel culture thing, like we were talking about before, I remember, you know, Disney, when I was a kid, the Southern Baptist Convention, nothing against Southern Baptists. I went to a Southern Baptist church as a kid they boycotted disney because of their gay days is that cancel culture right over the weekend we had some people and that was protesting. when it was unofficial
0: mm-hmm. yes right. yeah but
1: but in other words um over the weekend the, the tampa theater was showing some documentary on the cuban embargo some people protested it is that cancel culture mm-hmm. i i think the basic idea is that people should be able to express themselves and if you disagree with it then express yourself,
0: sure, yeah, but, well, and I think that 's the point of it all, mm-hmm. right, because we were talking about how you, as a Democrat mm-hmm. uh, and elected official, mm-hmm. uh, have spoken or been asked to speak at Republican groups sure. uh, many times mm-hmm. uh, it wasn 't until recently that you know you were attacked on the left side of the aisle sure. for having mm-hmm. done so by it, some you yeah, know it, and, and and yeah and again it's it's not to say that that was the opinion the of the majority yeah, because yeah. it rarely is right yeah. it's the squeaky wheel syndrome sure you know because <laughs> we've seen it we and we've been the brunt of it directly sure. because we ran a young Republicans organization mm-hmm. where we would have mayor Buckhorn came and spoke numerous times I've come, you know you've yeah, come, I've come and come. been a speaker all and of council has we weren't yeah. held to correct. those same rules and regulations mm-hmm. as other Republican organizations because we were chartered differently, but our perspective was that as Republicans we you know Especially during a campaign Mm -hmm. we don't you know, you're not coming to our events typically during a campaign season because you know that we're probably not gonna vote for you, you know, (laughs) so we get
2: you after the election That's right. Well, (laughs) because then
0: as an elected official now we are constituents. It's a whole different conversation and It's not like you're going to change hearts and minds in that room, you know, like, you know, you're not going to flip somebody from an R to a D. Yeah. But you are going to at least be able to elaborate on the on the decisions you've mm-hmm. made on on votes that have happened, on the yes. you know, the way the things are happening operationally that again our perspective, our, our questions, mm. our issues are certainly gonna be different from yeah. the groups that uh, that are on your side of the aisle. Right. And that's why I, I see it as a beneficial thing to the organization, yeah. rather than as a, oh, how dare you invite a Republican to yeah. speak at, a Repo- uh, uh, or a Democrat to speak at a Republican organization.
1: And I'll tell y'all, the reason I do that is because it's not to flip people. People are gonna have no. their own journey. Sure. It's to number one, engage, because y'all are constituents, but number two, to engage not just this constituents which, which is that we should be talking to one another right uh, th- that that's so silly that we can't talk when i went in front of this very conservative uh, south tampa group i spoke about things that i believed in with right? i talked about the lynching memorial that we're working on i talked about implicit bias i talked about all sorts of issues right i didn't i didn't water things down i said look this is where i stand That's it. I wasn't there to like ruffle feathers. I was there just to talk. What's wrong with that? God forbid. No. And then,
0: and then oftentimes, because especially now in the age of social Mm -hmm. media, you know, we get enraged or we get, you know, worked up about a particular individual or a particular issue, especially when it comes to individuals. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you meet that individual and realize, Mm -hmm. okay, this person isn't what I purported them to be, you know, they're not, Mm -hmm. you know, and so for me, again, if you just followed me on Twitter and we met oh, i would you're, probably you're be yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would probably be a very different person like yeah. you would probably think that i you know was bipolar or yeah, you know sure. or had multiple personality <laughs> mm-hmm. disorder because I'm, I'm, you know, the perception versus the reality is sure. very different, mm-hmm. um, and, and because yeah. of the bill, because of the context <laughs> mm-hmm. too. Sure. You know, whereas I'm just pushing out, you know, uh, you know, little quotes or sure. you know, short thoughts or. <laughs>
2: but oh, I'm sorry, am I still life. I apologize. <laughs> what I am going to say, and I agree with Jonathan completely. Yeah. This is one. I don't have a Twitter account. Thank you, my wife, for not yeah. letting me get one. But two. Even though, and again, it got a little tense in here earlier. We are still able to talk. Yeah, We're still friends. We're still able to go out and have a drink or have a beer or have a seltzer water afterwards. And I think that's what's something that we've lost as a community, as a country, is that the the wall of anonymity when it comes to Facebook and Twitter and all the other ones allow you to say these horrible things and then pretend completely like nothing has happened the next day Mm -hmm. where it's like, if I see you every single day, I'm not going to say these things about you because I have to work with mm-hmm. you. And as a, as an elected official, and those that are very politically active on the other side, we have to work with each other yeah. every single day. We still have to live in this community. We still go well, to the same churches and same grocery stores.
0: And with the exception of maybe the Tampa City Council, you know, because <laughs> oddly enough, the Saint Petersburg City Council is far more diverse politically than, than yeah. the Tampa yeah, one is. Yeah. Which is. You know, ironic. but but strangely <laughs> enough. Um, again, when you kind of go a step Mm -hmm. up, you know, and we're talking about our state legislature and then certainly our federal Mm -hmm. legislature, you know, people forget. That our laws, our constitution was written in a very deliberate way for us mm-hmm. to compromise, for us to come to the table mm-hmm. and kind of work things out to try to reach some sort of an agreement to where everybody kind of gets a little yeah. bit of what they want, mm-hmm. and not one side is going to get everything that they want. Sure, you know, and even in regards to the Tampa City Council, I mean, you know, one of the things we're going to touch on today <laughs> is some disagreements that there's been over how to spend some of the monies that has that the city has. Yeah. and 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 I think. That's healthy, Mm -hmm. you know, but people think that it's it's an all or nothing, you know, situation when it comes to our to our government at any level. Yeah. And it's actually quite the opposite. It was designed to be deliberate Mm -hmm. and it was designed for compromise, you know, and again, in a very and you're more of a constitutional scholar than I'll ever be. But it was (laughs) it was designed that way. Yeah. um, Because this is nothing new. Oh, yeah, you know, these disagreements and this division song. and this, you know, a uh, uh, vision on how to mm-hmm. get to where we want to be as a nation, um, has existed since before we were a nation. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll tell y'all what, I mean, a couple of things, like I, I work on an autism foundation we've had for like 11 years. Every year we have the sensory friendly sand event. We've had, we have like 120 kids that the gentleman that helped leads it with me, Jorge Santero, who's a good friend. He's a, a a cuban american republican with a haircut from the air force that you can set a watch to you know what i mean and we work together and we're good friends he's like family to me i literally love the god death if he's watching i love you but you know but we don't agree on politics or like y'all know i'm very involved with veterans a lot with veterans i know a lot whenever i go visit a veterans group i know that probably 60 percent in the people 70 percent of the people in the room they are probably disagree with me all of them virtually who know me know i'm a democrat the ones that disagree with me they don't care you know why because i'll have their back every single doggone time yeah. so that's you know again on a lot of issues that are political to deal with government we can look beyond R&D and that's
2: one of the things I try to stand for. And I love that about what you just said because I get I get pushback all the time when I make the same similar comment mm-hmm. of like, look, I will fight for your right to say whatever you want sure. because I myself want to make sure I have the right to say sure. whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So even though I don't agree with 95% or whatever mm-hmm. of, of someone else, I will still fight for the right that they have to, as an American to say whatever they want Protest or whatever. I have friends that are straight up antifa in California and on the West Coast. Love them to death. We go, we break bread and everything else. I don't agree with anything they say, but I will always fight for their right to say what they want to say.
0: Yeah, what's what's unfortunate is that you know, uh, and I've seen this on both sides, where people are are insulating themselves Mm -hmm. to the extreme. Sure. You know, to where you know, I have someone, you know, my best Mm -hmm. friend you know, has completely cut out anybody who doesn't, yeah, you know, agree with him politically. Mm-hmm. And while I understand where he's coming from, mm-hmm. and I certainly share some of his concerns over where we're headed as a nation, mm-hmm. um, I also don't think that's healthy. And yeah. um, and and not only is it not healthy, uh, I mean, you know, some of these friendships and relationships mm-hmm. should be stronger than Correct. anyone's political yeah. views. Mm-hmm. Um, and And it's sad that, you know, we have seen politics... And and who, maybe it's because we are living in it, um, you know. But again, I I would argue that this has probably happened since the birth of our nation. That mm-hmm. you know that politics, you know, has divided families and it's divided sure. friendships. You know, now I think like everything it ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. you know. And right now we're kind of at a peak, mm-hmm. you know. Over the past twenty years, I think we've been kind of at a peak where you know everybody's been hyper political, but we've also been empowered with the most. You know, with the strongest, most evolutionary form of information, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, transferring, you know, that has ever existed, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think if you probably follow the course of history with the advent of the printing press Mm -hmm. and the newspaper and television and radio. I would I would guess that, the, you know, if those parallels probably existed yeah. because all of a sudden everybody's hyper aware of sure. what's happening mm-hmm. in, uh, in the world that surrounds them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I, I think though we're more acutely divided in any time since 50 years ago in the, you know, Vietnam post civil immediate post civil rights era. Um, and if not then, then 100 years before then, the aftermath of the Civil War, not as devastating, but in oh, the, the aftermath of Reconstruction. Yeah. yeah reconstruction yeah. during that That's time. Very, very, very acute.
2: Can... I did a, a quick research about that. So contested that time that it oh, wouldn't yeah. if he if what if they wouldn't have done certain things, it would have caused another civil war. Right, it was that heated at that time. But I think what I think what we are missing the fact is that we need to get back to having conversations with people, having dialogues with individuals. I might not agree with you, but we can break bread or we can have a beer, yeah. and I think yeah. that's something that people are forgetting, and that, that's how this starts. And that's yeah. how we mm-hmm. need we need to be the face of change
0: that we want to see There in the you mirror. go. <laughs> hey everybody, thank you again for watching The Yard Sign. Don't forget, if you'd like the audio version of the show, we are now broadcasting live on Clubhouse. You can uh, catch that and keep that on your ear pods while you're doing other things online. Uh, and you can also download the audio version of our podcast by subscribing over at any of the tech overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon and iHeartRadio, uh, uh, so please do so. We've got, we're actually, our, our podcast numbers are exploding on the audio side, so thank you to everybody who's been uh, downloading the show. Also, don't miss a special conversation uh, that we've uh, posted with Captain Will Smith, he's a private aviation pilot, uh, talking about the recent strike over at Southwest, uh, or the strike that's not a strike. Um, you know, we, we, of course, just missed the turn in the news cycle where now Delta has come out and said that they are not going to be enforcing uh, vaccine mandates to any of their uh, staff. And so that's a huge development on that front. Um, But a great conversation nonetheless with Captain Will Smith for you to find over on our audio version of uh, platforms. Uh, Again, Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. Joining us, Tampa City Councilman Luis Vieira and Anibal David Cabrera. We're going to go ahead and bring it home with tonight's final topic, which is building Tampa Bay. Uh, and uh, I kind of put it a little nicer, I think, than Aníbal <laughs> wanted to. Um, but, I, you know, I want to kind of start off in the broader sense, you know, and maybe on a more positive note before we kind of shift gears to kind of some of the the minutiae that I, I know Aníbal wants to get to. Um, you have lived mm-hmm. – uh, are you born in Tampa? Pretty much. About 99% of my life. Okay. All right. So So, I mean, if it's been – Mm-hmm. inspiring and and exciting for me to watch. And I've mm-hmm. been here since 2006. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine for someone like you who has lived here almost sure. their entire life, the growth that has happened in just these mm-hmm. past 10 years. Okay. Mind you, not even since 2006. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking specifically Tampa. Yeah. St. Petersburg has had its own amazing yeah, growth correct. and explosion. Mm-hmm. and But what's happening right now yeah. in Tampa is just unbelievable. And I know that, you know, with... All its pros mm-hmm. comes a lot of cons as well, sure. and we'll get into some of that. Um, but, you know, going back to, um, you know, and I don't know how far back you would need to go. Where would you say, what was kind of the turning point uh, for Tampa to, to create the environment for the explosion that we're seeing now?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it all history, sometimes a lot of lightning is captured in different bottles, so to speak. And I think that happened with us, which is, but it really emanates from downtown the Riverwalk, that that big risky move by Mayor Arreola really built up a lot by um, uh, former Mayor Bob Buckhorn, and we continue with that right now, which is to say that we're going to invest a lot in in downtown transportation, and downtown amenities, et cetera. Um, that and and then the Riverwalk, such a tremendous thing. That that vision of having a downtown that is residential, right, and and that you're going to make really robust improvements in has really, really paid off for the city of Tampa. We're still miles where we need to be with regards to issues like mass transit, public safety. I could talk night and days on our public safety deficits. I'm, I've, I've done a, uh, a push to city to do a public safety master plan for police and fire yeah. uh, throughout our city. We're behind on so many issues, but I think that that downtown has really been such a big thing. And it's not easy because, for example, I represent North and New Tampa where they always go, oh, the downtown guys. And I tell people, listen, (laughs) it's good to invest in downtown. We all want that. But North Tampa, and
0: specifically what we call New Tampa, Mm -hmm. I mean, is is also, I mean, in, in terms of real estate, I mean, oh, it's yeah. just been explosive. Oh yeah. I mean, there are tangents, you know, in, in that part of the county that, yeah. I mean, just go on in seemingly forever. It has,
1: I mean, New Tampa, I, 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 I'm like, for example, New Tampa where I'm in Hunter's Green, I love New Tampa, among many other reasons. It had about eight or nine thousand people in in nineteen ninety. Today, three three six four seven has between 45, 50 or so thousand people. Wow. New Tampa yeah. is so diverse, sure, um, especially religiously. You mm-hmm. have a lot of Hindus there, mm-hmm. a lot of Islamic folks, etc. It's a very real. If you go down Cross Creek and and um, and Morris Bridge Road, you have an evangelical Protestant church. You have a Roman Catholic church. You have a Baptist church. You have a Sikh. temple, And then you have an Islamic temple, Mm -hmm. the diversity of America. Yeah. It's a great thing.
0: Well, and so, you know, one of the things that I find myself torn about and I haven't really Mm -hmm. been able to kind of truly define where I stand on Mm -hmm. this issue uh, or this individual would be Jeff Finnick. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for me to sit here as a Tampa Bay Lightning Mm -hmm. fan. Uh, Also, just someone who loves the arts, you know, and, in concerts and things sure. like that to go back and be like, ah, oh, that Vinick guy, man, yeah. he's the best. He's got an awesome arena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He fixes it up every every five to 10 years, yeah. you know, invest a lot of money. We've got a, the two time Stanley cup champions. I mm-hmm. mean, it's easy to kind of look at those things and be like, ah, oh, the guy's yeah. you know, incredible. And, and, and again, by all means, you know, I certainly have that mm-hmm. regard for him. Um, and you know, and, and I. <laughs> I exaggerate, and mm-hmm. you would probably know the closer number. But Anibal and I were were debating a little bit. Uh, he says he doesn't consider Water Street downtown. I do, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's debatable, you know, so far to kind of how you want to piece you know piece it out. Yeah, maps are debatable. But mm-hmm. let's say even looking at Water Street, mm-hmm. I mean, I hadn't been down in that area maybe since pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and I went down there recently uh, on two occasions for lightning games. Mm-hmm. I thought I was in a completely different city.
1: It is, yeah.
0: It is unbelievable, the transformation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about how long it took to re- to rebuild the World Trade Center yep. in New York City. What he has done just in the last five years yeah. is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And this
2: is the first half of it, correct? Yeah, we have a whole. Yeah, this half. is only There's, right. Yep. this is just so like phase one, one phase or something. The
1: so like, Godfather you know. one part two coming out. So, so yeah, <laughs> don't use that as an example. <laughs>
0: so to me, while it kind of validates, you know, it, it validates and it, it kind of champions, you know, capitalism. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that you've also heard some of the criticism that I also, you know, take, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in into consideration when we're talking about one individual having a lot of power. Sure. You know, because I do not
2: use the word power; we use the word influence is more mm-hmm. that I would use when it comes to Vinnick. And I don't a know. I influence. mean, what
0: what is, so give us an idea of what the dynamic is like within the city council when it comes to working with someone yeah. like a Jeff Vinnick and strategic partners in terms of what we've seen being developed over these past 10 years and how transformative it's been.
1: I'd say that they're a major player in the city of Tampa that, that has, Um, that their vision has run concurrent with the benefit of Tampa, their vision has run concurrent with a lot of good things in Tampa. I wouldn't distinguish them any separately from something like USF, University of Tampa, the Strath Center. And of course there's distinctions there, but in other words, I look at them as a big institution yeah. that has a lot of relevancy within the city of Tampa etc i that's kind of the way that I look at that whole uh, uh project etc when you look at certain to think now again I, the 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 you know the uh, Stacy uh, white lawsuit obviously ran into that but for example take a look at the uh you know all for transportation uh, uh, sales tax that he helped champion that's something that was going to, at least in my opinion, benefit all of the city of Tampa and all of Hillsborough County. If it was done done legally, yeah. And God willing, we can get back on in 2022. (laughs) But but in other words, I look at them, and I think a lot of people just do, as a big institution in Tampa that has a lot of effects, whether it's with the Lightning, whether it's issues like transportation, uh, economic development of that area, like you said, capitalism he's a capitalist he's come into this area and it's our job as elected officials to make sure that that capitalist rising tide you know will will lift more and more boats
0: now is it because again i mean he's literally changing Mm -hmm. the map Mm -hmm. of of what downtown and channel Sally looks like Mm -hmm. um, or water street sorry Mm -hmm. um and and so is it that he's just got the recipe and so you know he he knows kind of all the hoops and hurdles and and, and has been able to kind of move his projects along faster mm-hmm. or or is it that he's been given some leeway and some flexibility in terms of what is typically allowed to do because sure. i mean again it, it, it for one individual i mean it seems like again he has a lot of mm-hmm. as anima would say influence mm-hmm. but on the other hand um it's it's like it's 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 amazing at the speed that he has done this at.
1: Sure. And, and again, I think it's one of those right persons, right, time, right, time, right place type mm-hmm. things, uh, with, uh, with Jeff Vinnick. Um, I think I've maybe met him. Once, for example, I mean, I I don't, I don't, if you saw me, probably be like, who's that guy? You know what (laughs) I'm saying? So, so, but again, I I think it's all about the right person, the right place, et cetera. He didn't become, to best of my knowledge, he didn't become wealthy because of Tampa. He came in here being a person who was wealthy, who wanted to make an investment and it's wound up working out. But I think it's been overall clearly to the betterment of Tampa.
0: No, I mean, again, Mm -hmm. there's in my eyes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't go around Water Street, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and where it meets downtown, mm-hmm. and saying that this isn't better than it was ten years oh, ago. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happening mm-hmm. there, and what's still coming out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, my concern is is that, you know, I, I mean has there been pushback or what may have been some of the the the, the problem areas with with one individual having so much influence over what's happening in 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 the city you
1: know in in all for transportation penny sales tax in 18 there was a lot of stuff about vinix vinix penny sales tax and this and that and people would say oh you're just supporting it to get jeff vinix support i said i ran on this in 2016 which was getting a penny sales tax dedicating it to transportation and mass transit etc so there's a lot of people that go along with that but again i I think it's about the right person, the right place, the right time, and something that's been to the better, betterment and, and, and improvement for
2: all of yeah. the, I the mean, city. we Tampa. remember so- that part of the city 10 15 years ago, yeah. The awful. port was having a horrible time. Mm-hmm. The channel side, they tried to redevelop it and then it just all fell apart. Yeah, they mm-hmm. weren't renewing leases, things were happening. Awful. The, the, I think it's also when the the real estate bubble collapsed, yeah, in 06 07. 08. Yeah, well, yeah. you credit a lot of this could, to the river wall. You could buy mm-hmm. a uh, a 1 1 or a 2 1 for like a hundred thousand dollars in the yeah. towers. It was absolutely insane what was happening yeah. at that time. I will say this, what. That area and what he's done to that area has been absolutely amazing. It's been transformative. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the trolleys are a great thing. It's it's very entertaining of, <laughs> of mass transit in mm-hmm. Hillsborough County. I'll say that with a very light touch. <laughs> well,
0: uh, and that's my pain point. I know you want to touch on the Stras. and yes. so if you want to go ahead and kind of bring up, you know, the, the 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 issue of the strass and the money, and you know, and and again, this is maybe where you kind of showed your more fiscal side conservative side on, on this particular Just really issue. Just responsible. <laughs> see, and here I am trying to give you some brownie points. <laughs> Let so, us help you. And look, you know, full transparency, you know, like Anibal and I love the Straz. I mean, I, course, I go there awesome. constantly. Yeah, okay, we go there um, all the time. I mean, I love musical theater. I love the yeah, Florida sure. Orchestra. I, I would much rather see them here in Tampa than in St. Pete. I need them know. to bring back <laughs> Miss Saigon. If they
2: do not bring it back, oh my God, I'm going to have yeah. an issue. I want to see Miss Saigon. Yes. <sighs>
0: That just became a whole other podcast. It's a
2: whole other conversation. <laughs> anyway, so, so I know that there's been a, a large back and forth mm-hmm. when it comes to the money that was um, was was issued to the Strats. Mm-hmm. And after the money, it was was it twenty four or twenty six? Twenty five million mm-hmm. over five years. So I think a mm-hmm. huge problem that people are having, and this is from people that work in the building. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of conversations with individuals that work in that building today. Was that they felt that that the budget of where those funds are supposed to be going to is very mismatched. Mm-hmm. And they would like some kind of, because they don't know who to talk to, but they would like some kind of like check-in almost of how is that money being spent? Because uh, again, th- the amount of times I was told that we've already updated the chairs, we've already updated mm-hmm. restrooms, we've already updated the carpet, yeah. what are they gonna spend $10 million in upgrades for? Like. And also, if they're gonna push out into the Riverwalk, which I think is ingenious idea, which is what we should be funding, so that it brings more people to the water Mm -hmm. and to expand it and put out the restaurant and everything, that makes complete sense. But the way that- Well, the have, art
0: museum's gonna expand. Yeah, but That's the way yeah. the
2: funds have already been distributed, I mean, I'm not gonna say that this is definitive, but from what we've been told by sources, is that a lot of people on the upper levels of the strats have received bonuses. And the people that the grunts of the individuals at the strats haven't received anything. So again, if this isn't a Wall Street firm that needs to retain its mm-hmm. b- brightest during the tw- 2008 uh,
0: financial. Uh, where well, in a year ago they anymore. were crying poverty, and yeah. you know because of COVID, like many institutions, I mean, again, they had to shut down. I would just see, I, I would think just... It was for well over a year, yeah. right? Probably about a year and a half. They yeah. couldn't have any oh, yeah, performances. Sure. But I
2: would love to see where the budget breakdown is happening, and if they're front-loading bonuses, which is not should not be happening. And again, I don't know if the, the money from the $23, twenty-three twenty-five million is going to pay budget bonuses. But again, a lot of things have moved around where if they feel that the funds are now coming through so they can do that I just I don't want it to be top heavy and I think that's what happens to a lot of organizations in this in this region that they become very top heavy so and yeah I was going to say and I
1: was going to say I mean with with regards to the bonuses I want to make clear I know nothing about that so (laughs) I'm not making any accusations there God God forbid I I try to stay out of that obviously the Strat Center is a and we all agree a wonderful partner here in the city of Tampa we're so lucky to have them we ought to support them including through the public sector but I voted no on this and it wasn't it wasn't easy and why it, is that it passed it passed six to one and I'm the one so I, I for a number of reasons number one it's coming out of CRA money CRA dollars downtown st- or community reinvestment yes Or yep. thank you are supposed to go towards things like dealing with blight and infrastructure in those areas mm-hmm. for me dedicating such a high amount of money uh from that pot towards the stress center something that's going to go within within the four walls so to speak the entrance, et cetera, this isn't surrounding infrastructure, um, is I think presumptively wrong. Um, next is the, the percentage that it takes. Um, our CRA budget for downtown is about 17, 18 million, 16, 17, 18 million. It starts off at about two and a half million. Year five, like a bad countrywide 2007 mortgage, right, goes up to eight and a half million dollars, 40 to 50% of our wow. downtown CRA money is gonna go to this project. How wow. in the world could I support that? So, you know, I, I I told our dear friends at the Stras, cause again, they do such a great job. I'd be glad to support a less amount Fifty or so percent of it, et cetera, uh, to go there, but I, it, it didn't happen, and so I respectfully voted no. Again, I, you know, people who voted su- supporting it, there's a lot of good things that are going to come from that money. I respect that decision, but for me, my no vote was something I had to. Well, say.
0: especially when you see that there's even more so now, yeah, uh, because of the weird dynamics of our current economy, um, the that you Know real estate is through the roof, yeah, and which always makes affordable housing a much bigger challenge. Correct. And, so and, side. Yeah. and the amount of affordable housing that we've lost in the past five yeah. to ten years has also been massive. Where I think we are year we have years worth of a waiting list, oh, it's uh, for affordable housing in the city, and and the city has the land mm-hmm. to build it on because they destroyed the previous housing that was on there now we've seen some buildings go up yeah, that i think sure. are about to open but nowhere um, near to the numbers that we need no to of course not and so and and, and so again it, why not redirect some of those funds towards oh, yeah. projects and, like and that? and
2: there's two
1: other issues number one that you you mentioned that is so important which is what we could have spent that on which is take a look at Excuse me, downtown parks, uh, uh, the things that we can do there. Take a look at Kid Mason uh, Community Center downtown. Take a look at the downtown partnerships plans for Franklin. You know, take a look at the streetcar that yeah. we could help fund. And and these are things that a lot of council members have great records on. This in no way undermines that. But again, n- but number two is in Tallahassee, there's a war on CRAs. We all know that. Sure.
2: And for me, if Tallahassee looks at this, whoa. It already is. Right. Well. So. You know, yeah. so- Um, The STRAS is one of the organizations that received funding that is now being investigated. Uh, Kim Davis, thank you for sending that article uh, just down the pike. So um, let me see if I can find it real quick.
0: Well, you touched on the Florida
2: Health Department. The Florida Health officials are releasing a list of businesses under investigation for um, for that situation. So again, it's 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 something that is becoming more and more of a thing that people need to look and see where this money is going. I agree with you. I would have wished that money would have gone somewhere else mm-hmm. instead of the Straz. The Straz has such a good base of fundraising and a pool to fundraise, and they also can go after the hardship um, doc, uh, funding because they were ha- they were sure. a, they were an, an event venue that closed during the uh, during the pandemic so they get funding for that so they're able to apply for that kind of funding
0: well seeing you mentioned the trolley okay mm-hmm. and i have a love-hate relationship with the trolley sure all yeah. right i have, a, uh, I have
2: uh, a hate hate love relationship <laughs> with the trolley
0: i mean i've used it my daughter loves riding it yeah, sure. um and and i've used it from time to time mm-hmm. to get from ebor to a lightning game yeah. and and that sort of thing um or to Gasparilla, you know mm-hmm. um but one of the things that really irked me was during uh as Governor Scott was exiting, mm-hmm. he granted the money, he granted the city, um, I believe it was about $2 million. Yeah, sure. mm-hmm. And to me, again, even though I, I see the trolley as more of a tourist attraction than a functional means of sure. mass transit, like I said, wow, you know, you would have thought that they would have taken that money to expand the, the, Which, the yeah. system. You know to make it more mm-hmm. useful right especially into the growth that we're seeing into Seminole heights yeah. you know or further down kennedy or something like that you know or bayshore or yeah. something you know um especially hey if you're gonna if, if, if you want an excuse to to uh to slow down people on bayshore stick oh. a trolley in the middle of it <laughs> let you it go know criss-cross what I mean? every once in a you while know, <laughs> it's like it, it, and, and so you know why is it that we're not seeing that i mean because to me i i'd heard that that was the motivation was that you know there are these plans out there to extend the trolley you know maybe back to or close to its original routes um and there is but then why not take these this and i i know in the grand scheme of things, $2 million mm-hmm. isn't a lot. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about a project like this, mm-hmm. but why not take those funds and to expand the line, to expand the service? I mean, rather than just saying, hey, it's free for everybody for the next, I don't know, three, yeah. four years. Yeah. So, I mean, I,
2: which does nothing but skew the numbers. That we, Again, mm-hmm. I love the idea of a trolley in the downtown core, yeah. but let's figure out a way to cl- like close it into a loop of some yeah. kind so then it makes sense for me to get it on Franklin Street that I can get all the way to Ybor City. I just, right. I just, I want it to
0: succeed. Like, if you could. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as a Republican, I wanted to succeed. Sure, I mean, sure, if you yeah. could take it from Ybor to to Armature Works, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and, keep and, on or, and Franklin, oh. you know, and again, if it would loop, oh yeah. Anyways, but, it, but it's a it so would the be question really is why yes. why if I, could
2: do, if I could do brunch all yeah. around Ebor City in downtown Tampa and the Armature Works, <laughs> I would love it. It would be a great thing to happen. Again, oh. you're, get let help us. Help you as Republicans <laughs> figure this out. Well,
1: you know, mass transit, like for example, All and for Transportation. you transport- lost
2: all of us. <laughs> oh,
1: but All for Transportation always point people to this. In New Tampa, the suburbs, that's the classic suburbs, it passed with about 57, 58%. Right. That's a lot of Republicans voting for that. That's a lot of independents voting for that. So, in other words, you know that that issue for me. There's a lot of cross, you know, work there. But again, this money. That's could still on have the gone, fence,
0: though. I mean, that's you know, 57, 58 percent isn't like an overwhelming majority. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, but that's for I raising mean, it, it was your a taxes. Very, it is sure, of course. This
1: isn't like some constitutional amendment. Well, do you want to do this? This is hey, do you want to pay more money in taxes? When you get almost three out of five people in the suburbs saying yes. You got to send it up to the Vatican for America. right when they're going to be the
0: least. <laughs> I know, it's when, true. When in all likelihood they're the least to benefit from it, right? Because in, 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 I don't agree in, with that. But.
2: No, well because well let well, I me mean, be a little bit honest. There's not going to be a mass, <laughs> a mass transit driving up Bruce B. Downs to get no. to New Tampa.
0: You can't. Yeah, it's well, almost now, can't. impossible. Right? Exactly. And so to my point, because I've lived inside the city and, and like I do mm-hmm. now, and I've lived outside the city. Yeah. You know, and I've told people if you want mass transit, start outside the city. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to start either in Plant City or Mm -hmm. South Shore, Apollo Beach area. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you can go down that far, certainly Brandon would be a great place to start. You know, um, and I you know, again, we've seen what the crosstown has done for the city. Sure. um, To the extent that, you know, now the Gandy extension, I've Mm -hmm. heard nothing but great things. Um, And and so. I think that's the problem is, mm-hmm. is that the suburbs typically get the raw end of these kind of mass transit deals sure. where in reality that's where it could do the most good. Oh because yeah. Because sure. that's where most of the traffic's coming from. You know, your people that live in Hyde Park aren't having a hard time getting to work every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's the people coming from New Tampa yeah. or Brandon and or two, Temple and, Terrace. And again,
2: in New Tampa, there's only two ways to get in or out. That's either yeah. the highway or Bruce B. Downs. Yeah. It's yeah. and again, the large population of individuals that are working at USF, working at Moffitt, working downstream Mm -hmm. of that. Many. Many. So I would assume that some kind of pilot program there would make a little bit more sense because, again, I think what happens because you have the city and then you have the county and the county Mm -hmm. despises what's happening in the city when it comes to mass transit because they think they're going to get nothing but peanuts. And, again, I don't disregard Disagree with what they're
0: saying. Well, no, I, I tell people, oh, sorry to cut you off, but I use this example all the time. You know, I use South Florida, where I was born and raised, yeah, in sure. as you know, basically Ugh, the mover, the precursor yeah. to mm-hmm. what Tampa is going to be in fifteen to twenty years. And it took this. It took Miami Dade County mm-hmm. thirty years mm-hmm. to connect it to the airport. Oh sure. my gosh! Yeah, well, you that's know, old. and and so again, it goes down to the planning. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact is, is that now that it's completely built out and there's no new land you know Mm -hmm. to be able to take from you know to extend you know the reach of the rail Mm -hmm. system um it's it's now i mean it's kind of like what we see in the subways in boston mm-hmm. and new york where you have this crowded mass transit system yeah you know that really doesn't do much to alleviate yeah. traffic
1: and 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 again with going back to the Stras, my issue with with the the plan was where it could have been used the unintended consequences yeah. it's going to have with cra's and i just wish that there would have been more of a um, engage discussion with the public and it's hard to do that when the public doesn't come to council I get it but in other words I wish more people were engaged in that issue I've again nothing against the Stras. you'd mentioned the Department of Health issue I have nothing with the, no, nothing against the Stras on the COVID issue or anything of that nature God bless them they're a great community partner I just think it was a fiscally unsound policy using
2: money that shouldn't go to that at that level as Republicans mm-hmm. we completely agree with you mm-hmm. I will say this yeah I just want my miss saigon that's all i want that's all i'm asking for i went all the way with lbj there
1: oh my the gosh bring brian cranston all right. Well, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen,
0: thank you so much for watching The Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics, uh, coming to you from Tampa Bay. Uh, thank you again to our friend, Luis Vieira, t- uh, Tampa Pleasure. City Councilman. What are you up for uh, re-election, by the way? Oh,
1: thank God. Not until another year and a half. Oh, all right, I'm always stuff. I'm always out and about, and I tell people I'm not here to ask for your vote, because that's a long <laughs> yeah. time away. Thank well, God. 23, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Well, we'll definitely have you uh, yeah. back uh, probably it. a few I, times I love then. the
2: Tampa election I cycle. I think it, <laughs> it's so awkward. It is ingenious. <laughs> yeah. Whoever came, what was it? Uh, um, I don't even know what mayor or who made that decision, but mm-hmm. I love it. I love yeah. it that it's off by a year. Yeah. It makes life so much easier.
0: Well, and it's one way to control the outcome. What?
2: <laughs> we talking about. I don't know what you're
0: talking. Oh uh, yeah, we didn't even get to talk about redistricting. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, on behalf of Enable David Cabrera, uh, again City Councilman Louis Vieira, I'm Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching the yard sign. We've got the audio version of our podcast available at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and now Facebook. Actually, we've been posting the audio version of our podcast on Facebook's new podcast feature. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you want just the audio version of the podcast on Facebook, you can do that as well. So uh, on behalf of these guys, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you back here next Monday night. Uh, Have a great night, everybody.